0: Hello, I'm Nadia Singh, and welcome to IDSA's COVID-19 podcast series, which aims to keep IDSA members, medical professionals, and the public informed during this pandemic by speaking with experts in the field of infectious diseases. In this episode, we'll be discussing the concerns and questions surrounding travel amid the COVID-19 pandemic. To address this, our IDSA member, Dr. Trish Pearl, with Southwestern Medical Center, and Tori Barnes, the Executive Vice President of Public Affairs and Policy, with the U.S. Travel Association. Thank you both for being here with us today. I'd like to pose this first question to both of you. Dr. Pearl, I'd like to start with you though. Is it safe
1: to travel right now? What we're seeing are times and and information that's changing very quickly. So if you are going to travel, you need to look carefully about how you do that and try and at least put yourself and your family in a position so that you minimize any potential risks. There are places where there's minimal uh, COVID-19 circulating at this point and those potentially are uh, are going to be safer places to travel. There are types of travel that are going to be safer than other types of travel. There are going to be activities associated with travel that are safer activities. And so as you think about travel, what you need to do is think about how can I do this in the context of what's going on and do it safely?
2: You know, we defer to the health and medical professionals when determining if it's safe to travel, but just to echo What Dr. Pearl said, we feel that travel can resume safely if the proper practices are put in place. And we also believe that no matter where uh, folks are traveling right now, that they need to be wearing a face mask, um, adhering to other healthy practices such as frequent hand washing and physical distancing to the extent possible. The industry really does feel strongly that without health and safety that there can't be any travel um, and therefore any economic and jobs recovery within the industry and the broader economy really depends on a shared community effort to embrace uh, best health practices. So that's really an important point within our industry is that if you are going to travel and you can do that in a healthy and safe way by practicing the important types of guidance that medical professionals are advising.
1: Tori talked about the three W's, which are wash your hands, wear a mask, watch your distance. Those are key. The other thing that's very important with travel is you should not be traveling if you're sick. If you're not feeling well, That's the time to reorganize or rearrange your trip plans for yourself, for your family, as well as for those around you. So so that would be the other very important advice that I think both of us would give to the public. If you are going to travel, there are things you can look for. Uh, The kinds of things that I look for, for example, are, are all the employees wearing masks or face coverings of some sort? Are there hand hygiene stations with the alcohol hand gel in places? Um, are there markers for social distancing to remind you and give you those sort of social clues, those visual clues to just keep your distance? But you know, again, those would be the kinds of things that you wanna look for if you are going to travel. The other thing i would say is many people are recommending that you consider you reconsider the types of travel you do. So for example, we do know that there's much better ventilation outdoors. So things doing activities that are outdoors are are going to be safer than those that are indoors. Thinking about types of places where you can can stay that will facilitate social distancing is going to be a much safer kind of of choice in the setting of a pandemic so i think there are a lot of things you can do to do this safely it's just really as we were saying thinking about doing this smartly and keeping these core principles in the back of your mind as you do your planning
0: thank you both for those excellent points Ms. barnes i'd like to come back to you now At this time, last minute travel is top of mind and things have been so different this summer. People are scrambling to take some last minute travel uh, to visit family and friends. Is there a mode of transportation that's safer to do that? So we're definitely seeing the return of the road trip this summer
2: um, with more people traveling to destinations by car. You know, travelers are are absolutely hit, hitting the roads and, and seeking out really destinations and experiencing that allow for more physical distancing, whether that's going to the beach or to a national park. We do have a, a study that was released today by destination analysts that found that Among those traveling in 2020, um, just to the point I I made, the top destinations are beaches, national parks, and rural areas. Um, We also have a new tracker that US Travel, Rove Marketing, and Uber Media has put together that shows a steady uptick in national park visitation um, as lockdown restrictions ease in some parts across the country. And so that's easy to get to from a car. Data from Arrivalist shows that road travel during the week of July 25th was roughly on par with pre-pandemic levels in February, down just 1.4%. And obviously, there traditionally is less road traffic in the winter than there is in the summer. But the air travel does continue to remain extremely depressed, with the latest figures from TSA showing that travelers are less than eager to get on a plane. Um, As of July 28, TSA screenings in the last seven-day period were 74% lower than the same period last year, although this is higher than the mid-April low of 96%. I will say, though, in talking to some of the airlines, including Delta, last week, um, they have some new traveler sentiment that does show once you take that first airplane trip um, that you're much more likely to take another one. So we're we're doing some work on that right now because, you know, we are seeing that with some of the airlines in in particular where they they leave a middle seat open and have newer ventilation systems, that there is some pickup, um, again, on that air travel. But most of the travel is is being dominated by road trips right now.
0: And Ms. Barnes, I'd like to dovetail on the points you just made. What's the industry doing to make travel and destinations safer for everyone Including employees, you know, our industry, the travel industry, is totally focused on the health and safety of not only
2: you know our customers, but the employees, because you know we know that a recovery really cannot begin unle- unless this is addressed. Uh, U.S. Travel, in collaboration actually with Dr. Pearl and other medical professionals, created a core set of health and safety guidance for travel businesses to adapt to reopen responsibly. We put that out in early May. Um, and really, the purpose of this guidance is to establish consistent practices across the industry, increase confidence in the ability to travel, and really to help businesses communicate new policies to travelers. Our guidance aligns with CDC guidance for reopening America. Um, and, and as Dr. Pearl and I both mentioned earlier, you know, the importance of that enhanced sanitation, limiting crowding and public We're working on providing touchless solutions for identification and payments, encouraging health screenings of employees, um, developing procedures if an employee does test positive, um, modifying food and beverage preparation. This is all part of that guidance that we collaborated throughout the industry, really over 30 organizations that were part of putting that together. You know, we also think that there's a clear need to expand the ability of effective, efficient, and rapid testing—the 24 to 48-hour testing. Um, you know, we know that some of the testing mechanisms are really advancing right now, um, and think that, that that's something that could be really important to help um, prevent the spread of infection. If, if you know that you um, you know can get a test and then are embarking on a journey within 24 hours. Um, rather than having to wait five or six days, the likelihood that you actually are COVID nineteen free uh, is is enhanced with that sort of that testing that that's important. As long as it is able to to again quick turnaround time and have that the percentage of of reliability um, being as high as possible in the in the ninety ish percentile is is really critical. Um, there is some legislation that we've been working on um, on the policy front being considered by Congress um, called the Test Act, which would expand the federal role in testing and US travel at a letter signed by 13 of our most prominent travel brands urging Washington to implement that in the legislation that they're considering now um, on coronavirus relief. And so it's an encouraging that important components of this bill have been included in, in some of the uh, some of the drafts that we've seen to date, but really that that continued focus on the guidance and and, the businesses that we are working with have very strong programs throughout the industry, whether they're small businesses, medium-sized businesses, or large businesses, because without having these types of processes in place, we won't be able to to ensure the safety of, of travelers and employees. And the only way we'll get back to business is in doing that.
0: I appreciate your perspectives there, Ms. Barnes. Thank you so much. Dr. Pearl, coming back to you now, what must travelers keep in mind when considering taking that trip? For example, the locations they choose and possible mandatory quarantines they're coming home to.
1: First of all, you want to consider the type of environment that you're, you're going into. It's going to be safer, as I mentioned earlier, if you're outdoors. Um, and that there, there are clearly parts of the world and parts of the country that have a lot less virus circulating than other parts, which are, are going to be um, ultimately safer that being said, you cannot let your guard down. I mean, you have to walk into this assuming that almost everyone is infectious and that that's why all of these tenants are very important for all of the activities. You know, going to national parks, going to the beach, where you can make places where you have just inherently much better ventilation because you're outdoors. We know that that's safer, but also places where you can maintain social distancing are gonna be most important in terms of your considerations. More and more, there are states and territories and provinces that are putting in place quarantine restrictions. So quarantine when you come in, and then of course where you live can also put in place a quarantine. And so you have to be cognizant of what kind of impact that will have on not only your travel plans but your plans when you come back. It's hard to know how quickly those are going to change but you can certainly um, look for trends and if you see that in certain geographic locations the rates of infection, the percent positivity, the number of cases, the number of hospitalizations are increasing dramatically, that should be a clue to you that that may be a place you wanna avoid and you might might wanna shift your um, planned travel to another area. Otherwise, it's, it's hard to know, but you can also contact lo- local health departments that can advise you in terms of what kinds of activities are going on. Other things to think about, um, especially if you are traveling with somebody who is high risk, is that there are um, some stresses on he- the healthcare sy- systems in certain areas. It appears to be more prominent in rural areas than non-rural areas, and you may also have limited access to testing should there be an un- inadvertent exposure. So you do want to consider that um, also uh, in your your travel plans, and you know making sure that you're in a position that should someone need medical care that you are going to be able to access medical care relatively quickly. At least off the top of my head, those would be um, some of the primary things that I would be considering if I were going to be going on a vacation, trying to identify an area where it would be safe, not only for me, but for my family and the activities that I do would be as safe as possible.
0: Thank you for raising those important considerations, Dr. Pearl. Ms. Barnes, anything to add there? Our our view is really that a healthy travel experience
2: is a shared responsibility and that businesses, travelers, and residents all need to do their part to follow best practices. You know, U.S. Travel recently, we created a suite of resources centered around this theme called Travel Responsibly, a Shared Responsibility, which emphasizes our industry's commitment to providing a safe experience for travelers and their families at every step of the journey and so you know as, as far as specific locations travelers are definitely taking that into consideration the sort of local conditions you know and as i mentioned earlier the destination analyst study found the top destinations for travelers are beaches national parks and rural areas generally allow for for some some physical distancing and so we think that that that's important and i think that even when you're out in your local communities i mean i know i went out this weekend with my four-year-old and was out in in a more public space and you know only really about half of folks were wearing masks um in sort of the the common areas but you could kind of tell that most of the people were from around here um from around my hometown and so you know, I think that not only when you're in your local community, but when you're traveling, even if you're outside, I think observing those sort of best practices um, are critical uh, when you're out amongst uh, other folks, because, you know, if we want to get through this and be able to to go on living our lives in a, in a healthy and safe way and, and feel a little bit, you know, in a new normal, if you will, um, then folks really need to consider that sort of shared responsibility even when you are out and about in, in open space.
1: You know, the other thing when you're planning these vacations is recognize that there's been some disruption to a lot of businesses. And so you need to plan for that. For example, if you fly these days, you're not gonna get a meal or have access to buying a meal on an airplane. And so you need to plan for that in advance. If you go into airports, there aren't as many food vendors that are available. If you go into certain hotels, they may or may not have some of their restaurants or their food services available. Planning around some of these unexpected changes that have occurred is gonna be an important part of, of traveling in the current setting is that you know things have changed and accessibility to certain things have changed so you just need to think about that um, as you're planning your 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 travel
0: thank you for that answer it's an excellent segue into our last question that i'd like both of you to examine and that question is how will this pandemic change the face of travel and how travelers adapt to the new normal. Ms. Barnes, I'll start with you. Folks want to have a kind of consistency
2: in the messages that they receive, want to, you know, be able to do their homework. I mean, we are seeing, interestingly, some of the hotels that have more of that motel feel where you don't have to go into, you know, a crowded lobby or a, or a big open space inside. Some of our hotels have, have noted that they are um, having to retrain staff at the front desks to to what to do when you have a walk-in, someone that wants to go into a hotel that doesn't have a reservation because they just decided they were, you know, going to get in their car and go for the weekend somewhere that they could drive. So we're seeing, you know, some of the change in that behavior where folks have been sort of pent up, um, you know, stay, staying inside, staying in their homes, and they want to get out and about. So we are starting to see. Some uptick in that in that drive travel, where you've got some folks that just want to get out and go, and you know maybe don't have a reservation, and then you have others that want to have that much more planned, deliberate. How do I go and be somewhere out in an open environment? So I think that we're going to see throughout this process, you know, a lot of changes. Again, um, I think more of a drive traffic, more of a drive travel, more of a desire to be in and out in outdoor spaces. And we'll continue to track and watch that, but I think that as people, you know, can take that social responsibility to heart, um, wear masks and 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 practice best sanitation um, processes, um, that we'll start to see people
1: moving a little bit more
2: regularly in the air service as well. For me and my family, we went to Um, a family beach house, a friend's beach house in in May, and then in, or I'm sorry, in June, and then decided, okay, in July, we want to go to a long weekend at the beach because we'd already gone once. We knew we could do it. We could do it safely. So I think that that will will be something that will also get people's confidence up as as we move forward. But I think we'll all be learning throughout the process and, and that shared responsibility and taking health and safety of yourself and others into account will be important in that planning process.
1: Excellent advice, Ms. Barnes. Dr. Pearl, any last words? We do have to recognize that there is going to be a new normal. And I always go back to reminding people that after 9-11 occurred, when we started the TSA screening, many of us thought that that would be the end of travel as we knew it. And we adapted and Now, you know, everyone knows what that drill is like, and they're used to getting things screened. And I think that it's really improved the safety of that travel experience. Uh, So this is going to require a shift in what we do. There's a shared responsibility in this, in that we need to do what's best for us, but for those around us. To make this a really rewarding experience. The three W's, wear your mask, wash your hands, and uh, and watch your distance are going to be key. We as people who are utilizing the travel industry can also voice the things that make us feel safer and engage the travel industry in that. There are certainly things that you can do. For example, when you're getting on are flying on airplanes, or uh, using buses, or or trains. You know those types of transport that are going to allow you to sit social distance may be preferential. We can influence a little bit what this looks like, and I think it's important that we do. I, I, I would like to reassure people that I think we can do this safely but we have to think critically and we also have to think about those around us. We never know if it's gonna be a grandmother or somebody who is getting chemotherapy or whatever, and so it's not just about us. Um, and you know, I think that, that we need to select things that are going to ultimately be the right choice for us, and that's gonna be different this year than it has been in the past. And we're going to have to look for things where we aren't in crowded environments and that, that we aren't um, necessarily doing some of the same activities that we've done in the past. So I, I think we can do it safely. It just People just need to really be smart about this and really think about how they can do it. And, you know, as we've said, road trips have become important. Outdoor types of activities have become very important. And you can do this, but you just also need to make sure that you plan and prepare for that.
0: At this time, I'd like to thank Dr. Pearl and Ms. Barnes for their time, participation, and expertise. For the latest information and resources on the COVID-19 pandemic, visit IDSA's website, idsociety.org. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Tune in next time as another diverse panel of medical experts discusses the latest on this rapidly evolving pandemic. The views and opinions expressed here are those of the presenters and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Involvement of CDC should not be viewed as endorsement of any entity or individual involved with the podcast. I'm Nadia Singh.